How you doing church? Y'all doing good today? Come on. So, so good to be with you here today. I know that opening right there kind of has this like, what's gonna happen, you know? But here we are, we're gonna talk about the fear of God today. And it is just so exciting to be able to communicate with you. If I haven't had the opportunity to introduce myself, my name is Rick Paladin, lead pastor of Bridge City Church. And it's always so good to be here at North Braddock. And can we just take a moment and welcome all those watching from home and watching them online. Can we give them a really warm welcome? Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being here. So, so so awesome. As always, Pastor John and Christine, uh, Natalie and I, on behalf of Natalie, we just love you guys. You guys are doing so great here as campus pastors. Come on. Way, way to go. Awesome. The fear of God. This is exciting. This is fun. Hey, um, a couple months ago, uh, this is what happened in our home in Monroeville. We uh, we noticed uh, downstairs in our basement, in our garage area, a certain like smell. And we've had this before in the garage and it smelled like um, either a mouse or a field mouse or something got in there and it died. Now, if you know what I'm talking about, I can see your faces, you're like, mm. And so something died and so it was, it was downstairs and it was like, oh, and we looked around, couldn't find anything. And, and then we figured, well, maybe it's in a wall or something. So we got a whole bunch of um, those deodorizers and hung them everywhere. Because if you can't find the stench, let's just hide it. And pretty soon after a couple days, it didn't go away. It started getting worse. And as it got worse, it started coming up the steps and upstairs. And it got so bad a couple days later that actually we were on the second floor and I'd be laying in bed and I could smell this smell. And it was getting worse and worse when I just figured it would just go away. And so one day, um, a couple days into it, um, we noticed that as you opened the front door, it was really bad outside on our porch and on the, on the, by the front door. And so pretty soon, really, what was the truth is, is that everybody coming by our house was like, wonder what lives there. I mean, that's really what they were thinking. And, um, and so uh, somebody was over doing work for us, a good friend, and uh, doing work in the house. And, and, and they were saying, they said, well, what, do, you, do you need me to do anything else? And I said, yeah, there's this really bad stench in my house. Can you find out what it is? And, uh, and so, so before you know it, we started looking and looking around and on our front porch, we started digging in, in the front, looking under the porch because there's this little area underneath there. And so we, we dug and we dug and it was really bad. I mean, we, we, we dug a hole and it was like, ooh, you put your face down. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. And pretty soon my friend looked under there and, and he saw what it was. It was a dead raccoon with maggots and decomposing. And it was really, really, really bad. And I looked at him and said, you're not gonna leave it there, are you? <laughs> and he just looked at me and he said, and he said something to this effect. He said, basically, uh, like this is a sign of real love. <laughs> he goes, this is a test for how much I, you know, I really love you and care about you. And I said, yeah, let's pass the test, bro, come on. And so before you knew it, we were, we were clawing and digging and dug a big hole and he pulled it out and there was this dead raccoon. It was all nasty and put it in two garbage bags and, and, and drug it over by my neighbor. 
and then filled in the hole and put stuff in there. And oh my goodness, it was really, really bad. And then, um, and so I took it and actually took it to the back and there was, a, there's this, like this wood pile that my neighbor has. They're doing some work. I put it behind there. And then we were having people over in a couple of days, but the problem was the, the smell started coming up onto the deck. And my wife said, people are gonna come over here and they're gonna smell that. I says, okay, I got this. So I put it in another garbage bag, threw it in the trunk of my car, put the windows down and drove as fast as I could to our Murraysville campus. And I threw it in the dumpster there. And like, woo, it's gone. Now, why am I telling you that story? Because most of us have these little things in our life that we think are just, nobody's gonna notice and it's all gonna go away. But really it's a lot bigger than what you think it is. Because if you left it, if you leave it unattended to, it's just gonna get worse. And it's nasty and it's bad and it's gonna decompose and it's gonna smell really bad and pretty soon everybody's gonna know unless you deal with it. And the only way you're gonna be able to deal with it is to begin to get around people who love you enough to tell you this stinks, let's dig and let's get it out and let's remove it together. I wanna thank everybody here that went to Connection Group this week. Where are you at? Come on, all, my small, all the people in small group, come on. This is a connection group, like small group, you need somebody in your life that's willing to dig up the nasty stuff in your life and get rid of it, come on. Yeah, we do. And, and there's these things that we just leave and we don't think they're a big deal, but they're a big deal to God. And, and so today, it's all about the fear of God. And here's the big idea, the fear of God, the fear of God, this is what it is. Those who fear God are going to love what he loves, hate what he hates, and they're gonna live, live as if we're gonna stand before God and give an account. That's the fear of God right there. That's the simplest as I can explain it to you. And we need to return the, to, the, to, the, to a holy fear of God. Now, first of all, I wanna say, I'm not saying that our whole culture, the whole world, the United States of America, all those east of Pittsburgh, those in Pittsburgh need the fear of God. No, I believe God's people need to return to the fear of God. If Jesus's church would return to the fear of God, we would have a lot less stench going on in our lives. We would have a less, lot less things decomposing and, and, and a lot of things that are rotten. And we wanna get rid of all those things. This is what I'm talking about here. We, this is what we gotta go back to, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, right here. And um, the last couple verses in Ecclesiastes, and if you weren't here for last week, you need to go online and learn about all the things, love what God loves. Today we're gonna be covering hate what God hates. And hate's a strong word. Yes, it is, and it's in the Bible. So here we go in Ecclesiastes, if you were to read the whole chapter, the first, in the first six verses, seven times, the word remember God, remember God, remember God. Listen, if we're gonna have a healthy, holy fear of God, we need to remember who he really is. Do you know what we did all morning singing songs together and prayer together? Do you know what we were doing? We were remembering how great God is. Do you know why we need to remember? Because sometimes our rememberer gets broken. Does your rememberer ever get broken? 
We need a better rememberer. We need to remember the good things. Somebody asked me this morning, I said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing excellent, I'm doing great. As a matter of fact, if I was doing any better, I'd have to pay more taxes. They reminded me, dial it down a little bit, come on. Ain't nobody wants that, come on. Yeah, come on, but, but our remember gets broken. We need to remember how great God is and remember how great he is. And so these last couple of verses here, here's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God. Everybody say fear God. Fear God. Yeah, and obey his commands for this is the pastor's duty. Whose duty is it? That's right, everyone's duty. Come on, God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing hidden under the front porch, whether good or bad. He will judge us for everything. So come on, let's just go back to a a working definition of the fear of God. Here we go, you ready? It's to revere, to be complete in awe of him, to hallow him, to esteem, to honor. It's basically to take on God's heart where you love what he loves and you hate what he hates and you're gonna live in obedience to God knowing that he's gonna judge us for everything. Yeah, this is the fear of God. See, many people think that the fear of God is, is, is damaging, it's detrimental, and it's horrible. No, the holy fear of God is a delight. It's a treasure. How many of y'all have something you treasure? How many of y'all have something you treasure? How many, maybe, maybe it's a ring. Maybe it's a necklace or jewelry, or how about maybe it's a a hunting rifle, a car, maybe it's clothing. What is it? What is it to you? What, What is it that you treasure? I guarantee this, whatever you treasure, you know where it is all the time. You know where it is because you treasure it. And one of the things we're not doing in the body of Christ, in Jesus' church, is treasuring the fear of God. I know where it's at all the time. My wife, she re, um, just recently, she took her engagement ring and her wedding ring. They were cleaning it and making sure that the stone held the diamond just right. And so she was missing her ring for a couple weeks. And every couple of days she'd be saying, I, I, I just hope my ring's done soon. I hope it's done soon. I just, I just said, I hope it's done soon because I don't want people in the church to think we're having problems. I just think... I just think it was very carnal, my, my reasoning. But, but what, because she treasured it, something was missing and it wasn't gonna be right until it returned to its proper place. And so the, 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 the fear of God should be a delight. It's a delight. It's a treasure to such a point where, listen, if it's missing, we're gonna go find it. We're gonna replace it and get it to its rightful place because until it's, until it's in its rightful place, something's gonna be missing. Do you sense something missing in your life? Do you sense the presence of God or maybe the power of God or the awe of God? May we never lose the awe of God. And if we lose the awe of God, we need to go back and find it. That's what this is about here. This is so healthy and and, and holy here. Proverbs 8, 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Hate, didn't say dislike, didn't say tolerate. All who fear the Lord will 
hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. In New Testament, in Romans chapter 12, listen, love, like let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hate what is evil. Notice it never says hate people, it says hate evil. Big difference, huge difference here. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Philippians chapter two, verse 12. I'm just unwrapping the fear of God for you. I'm speaking to your heart right now. I want this to get so in your heart. I want this to get so deep down into your soul that listen, the delight and the treasure of the fear of God that when you leave here today, when you're done watching wherever you are right now, that listen, you're gonna have a sense of awe about God. Like we just worshiped the creator of the universe. Could you believe what we just did? I mean, you should go to work on Monday morning and be like, I don't know what you did, but guess what I did? They're gonna say, oh, did you go to the pirate game? You're gonna say, no, I worship the creator of the universe. And when he saw me, he was happy to see me. They may be a little confused, but that's okay. Yeah, so here it is, Philippians chapter two, therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and, yeah, the apostle Paul is saying, listen, listen, even when I'm not around, you're doing it here, so work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Notice he doesn't say with peace and love. He doesn't say with joy and kindness. Oh yeah, we're kind of just joy and love, peace and kindness. No, he says fear and trembling. Now I wanna make it really clear to you today before you send Pastor John emails Is that, is that salvation is a free gift of God. It's a gift of God. It's by grace we are saved through faith. Come on. It's not that you, I don't earn my salvation, but once I have it, I should exercise. That's what it means to work out. Have you worked out lately? Come on, have you worked out lately? Yeah. There's sweat involved. There's bringing something to completion. That's what it means. It's working it out. I'm gonna bring this to completion. I want our salvation and I want your salvation to be worked out in such a way that there's fear, reverence, awe, honor, and trembling. And no, you will pastor, you're taking, are you gonna start preaching that fire and brimstone? I'm not saying we shouldn't. And I'm not here to preach fire and brimstone, but I, I'm here to keep you from the fire and brimstone. Okay, I'm just trying to help you. So you gotta get the free gift of God and then begin to work it out with intentionality. And is there a trembling? Is there a literal shaking in your life that not, oh God, uh, I'm gonna make God mad. He's gonna be mad at me. No, I don't wanna lose his presence. I don't wanna lose who he is. I don't wanna lose what the word of God says for my life. Am I in the right place today? 
See, this is what I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose his presence. So anything that God hates has to go. Anything, because I believe God hates anything that separates you and him. Because that equals death. Death is separation. Separation from him. So anything that separates you from God, he hates. And once it completely eradicated, once it removed. Fear and trembling. We used, to, we used to have this in our culture where today we're sitting in a, it was built as a junior high school in the 1930s, the 1930s. How many of y'all remember? Never mind. <laughs> and in this auditorium, there's verses, Proverbs 4.13 and Psalm 90 verse 12 on the wall. We didn't put those on when we built, when we, when we uh, purchased this facility. They were put on there in the 1930s as a junior high school. Now, I want you to catch this. There was a time when God's people led the way with the fear of God. And they led the way, and in our culture, because God's people were leading the way, our culture had the fear of God. Do you know my first, my, my first experience with the fear of God? I didn't know it, but it was in second grade. When I was in second grade, it was roughly about 10 years after prayer was removed from school. You weren't allowed to pray anymore in the second grade. And I'll never forget, there was this, I had a teacher, Mrs. Lloyd, and she, she might have weighed about 95 pounds, real, real thin. She was, just, she was getting ready to retire any day. But every day at the beginning of the class, she would pull what, her chair out. And she would sit down and she would get one of those big old Bibles. You know the ones, big ones? The kind the Apostle Paul used. No, I'm sure you know, you know what I'm talking about? One of the big ones. And she would put that on her lap and she would look out and she goes, I'm not supposed to read the Bible to you. But in my class, this is what we do. And she would open that Bible Every day, every single day she was there. And she would read from that Bible. And every and second grade, uh, leaving a second grade. I don't know what it was, but like something in me says, man, she's doing something she's not supposed to do. I like her. <laughs> but she would read from the Bible. That was the fear of God. But we've lost the fear of God even in the church because even in God's church, we don't revere the word of God as much as we should. Do you know, you go to some places, you read from the Bible. As soon as you read, everybody stands up because it's such a reverence for the word of God. In a lot of churches now, unfortunately, even at times, even at our church, we've had to make an adjustment. When the word of God is being communicated, we don't talk, we don't joke, we don't stand around in the back hallway and goof off. No, it's the word of God. God spoke to us. We revere it. We honor it. There's a sense of awe to it. Oh, let's take on another one. How about marriage? Decades ago, even if somebody wasn't close to God, you knew you were supposed to go to a church and you were supposed to get a priest to bless it. Am I right? Now, now just bear with me. I'm talking about the fear of God and how it's, it's eroding in our culture because it's eroding in Jesus' church. Marriage now... The, the latest trend with marriage is to do self-marriage. 
You can get married completely on your own. You just fill it out. You go online. You click a few buttons. You say yes, and you're done. It's, you're married. This is what I believe. This is what I believe is happening. And let, let me just try to frame it for you. I believe we're taking God out of marriage. And the more we take God out of marriage, the culture will define it rather than God defining it because marriage is a biblical term, not a political one. And so what we're doing is we're removing God from marriage and we're removing God from the essence of, a, of, a, of, a, of something he created. Marriage was created by God and for God. And anybody who's been married more than a week knows if you're going to stay married, you need to fear God. Come on, somebody. Am I in the right place today? Is anybody married here today? Yeah, some of you are afraid to clap. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. My wife did. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The fear of God, come on. And so what's happening, see, we, we've, we're removing God from marriage and now our culture's defining marriage between a woman and a woman and a man and a man. That's an evil, why? Because marriage was created by God and for God. It's a biblical term, not a political one. Do we hate people who want to get married, use that term? So when I talk to people and they say, well, I'm free to do whatever I want. I live in the United States of America. I says, because you live in the United States, you can do whatever you want. But that's a biblical term and a religious term. And when you use it and you defile that term, that's, that's my God, then you've defiled my religion. And we're removing the fear of God from every aspect of our lives and we're allowing little things to creep in and it's leading us in the wrong way. And the problem is not in Washington, it's not in Hollywood, it's not with contemporary singers. The problem is in the church. The problem is Rick Paladin and Bridge City Church needs to live out the fear of God in a greater way. Are you with me here? That's what I'm speaking to today. Are we going to have and return to a holy, healthy fear of God? That's what I'm communicating here. That's what I want, a fear of God. Listen, it's not just the beginning of wisdom. It's what matures us. Working out means I put in my effort. I Listen, sitting at home on my couch with a bag of chips, watching a football game is not a workout. Just for the record. Yeah, no, workout means I have to put my effort with the accompanying encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit works with me and it brings us to maturity. How many of y'all want to grow up in Jesus? Come on, you want to get, we got to go back to, we got to, get, we got to rekindle, we got to treasure. Where's that fear of God? I got to find it. Where's the fear of God? I got to grab a hold of it. Where's the fear of God? I need it. Come on. So what does God hate here? Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. Proverbs 6. There's things God hates. Now, I'm not going to give you everything God hates. I'm just going to give you the clearest list in the Bible. This is very clear. Let me tell you how clear it is. There are six things that the Lord hates. (laughs) How many of y'all think that's pretty clear? Do y'all think that's pretty clear? Yeah, uh uh-huh, seven that are an abomination to him. 
haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that makes haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among his brothers. So this is the list right here. I'm gonna give you what God hates right here. I'm gonna read right from the Bible and we're gonna, we're gonna grab a hold of it. How many of you sense there's an awe of God coming on your life right now? Come on, can you sense there's, wait a minute, maybe I'm taking the presence of God, maybe I'm just taking it as ordinary rather than holy. Do you realize we came here today not for an inspirational speech, but we came to revere and honor the word of God? Now, I hope that you're encouraged, but unfortunately, some of us need to get discouraged before we get encouraged. And that this discouraged by the way I'm living, by the things I'm tolerating, by that little mouse in my basement that I think is smelling, but it's turning out to be something worse. Now, there are things I hate. Mayonnaise. Ketchup. Mustard. Relish, hummus, ranch dressing. I hate those things. I do. I hate, I hate every one of them. But you put any two of those together and it's detestable. It's like an abomination. Well, I'm telling you, they, I got Chick-fil-A, they put those pickles on there, can't, mm-mm, don't like that. Don't like pickles. They came after the fall. God created cucumbers, not pickles. <laughs> Y'all with me? I'm telling you, they put those defiling pickles on that sandwich. It's like, I, I gotta rip off the breading. Anything they touch is horrible. And I know sometimes you go and you order a burger and they'll put ketchup on it. And, and somebody, good-hearted person will say, just wipe it off. Oh. No, throw it out. Start over. Six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Okay, you ready for these? Come on, here we go, here we go. Haughty eyes, proud look. That doesn't even mean, like, you, some people say, well, you know, you, you, that, you know their heart. No, your heart's coming out your eyeballs. Uh, people say, well, they're, they're not really prideful. They, they, that's just them. They just look that way. No, it doesn't make sense to me. Haughty eyes, a proud look, looking down on somebody. James tells us where jealousy and selfish ambition are, every evil thing. Jealousy is when you're pulling people down. Pride is when you're pushing them down. Either or is God hates that. Haughty look, even arrogance in your look. God says he hates that. Pride, listen, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over and over again, is that God is drawn to humility and he's vehemently opposed to pride. That doesn't mean he tolerates, like, oh, that's just the way they are. Couldn't you just see God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit up in heaven? Oh, that's just the way they are. They're just, that's just the way they are. No, I don't think God does that. Do you think God does it? I don't think he does that. The word of God says he's vehemently against pride, pride and arrogance. 
Yeah, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. Destruction. Pride, that's what it does. A haughty spirit before a fall. So the first thing God hates is a haughty look, arrogance. Second one is, is a lying tongue. That means your tongue. I don't know if you know this or not. Let me give you this lesson. Your tongue is connected to your mouth. It reveals what's inside of you because the abundance, uh, the abundance of your heart, your, your tongue moves and your mouth speaks. It's lying. It's an intentional misuse of words to hurt others. Can I just help you? This whole list that I'm giving you, this is things that you learn somewhere first, second, third grade. This whole list, first, second, third grade, you, this whole list is in there. But unfortunately, many of us who are a lot older than that need to be reminded. No, God has things he hates that are detestable, that are an abomination, that are horrible. They reveal him. They reveal his heart. Speaks falsehood. Any parent knows any good parent knows this. When, when a child lies, you get double the punishment because you just compounded. I, I can tell the parents right now, like, mm-hmm, that's right, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Where's my kids? I wish they were in here. No, I'm serious because when you lie, you compound it and now you're twice as wrong. Am I right? And God hates that. So why do we think it's okay? The Lord hates hands that shed innocent blood. Oh, talking about culture, let's talk about it. Hands that shed innocent blood. Let's go straight to Psalm 139. For you, you God formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am I am fearfully and wonderfully made in awe, respect, hallow it. That's how you were made in your mother's womb. That, listen, we got to catch this here. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Come on, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. No, we need to catch this. We need this holy fear again in Jesus' church. And yes, I'm going, to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it as clear and as blatant as I can. Unborn babies in the womb are real people. That's not a political statement. That is a biblical statement. See, you got to remember, this is Bible that I'm reading you here. This is not a political. Now, let me just stop. Time out. Time out. Press pause. Not, don't press pause at home. If you're here today, and unfortunately in your past, you made an 
you, you, you made a decision and you had an abortion. I want to tell you, my heart breaks because statistically 50% of the women in any given church have had an abortion, statistically. I'm not here calling you out. I'm calling you to healing in a better way. I'm calling you to a biblical way that my God brings healing and wholeness and my God can bring something you can't get on your own. But we can't just go on and wink, wink, it's okay and pretend like everything's okay in this area because it's not. So my heart breaks for you, but to just say here, well, that's just the way it is. People are in a rough spot. No, what I'm trying to communicate to you is, is hands that shed innocent blood. God hates that. He hates the evil, but he doesn't hate the people. See, we have to differentiate, just like marriage, same-sex marriage. We don't hate the people. We welcome them. They're welcome here. But we're not going to say that's okay. We're never going to do that as a church. That's never going if, to, if, if we have to close down the buildings and go meet in the middle of the woods somewhere, that's what we're going to do. How many are you going to come? Those who have cameras, let's get a picture of everybody who just clapped right there. Come. Yeah, let's get them. No, I'm serious. See, do we, do we really have the fear of God on us? Or do, are we so in love with convenience and our comfortability and we don't want to offend anybody that we're, that we're, we're, we're forfeiting the fear of God? No, it, no, let's answer the question. Is what, am I, is what I'm saying, is it biblical? Is it the gospel? Or is that what's offending you? Or is Rick Paladin offending you? Which is it? 63 million lives murdered. The Holocaust was somewhere around 6 million. What's going to be our guide? Our culture? Reasoning? Our feelings? Or the fear of God? At our Murraysville campus, there's a small group, they call it Embrace Grace. I came out of a small group on Wednesday night and um, I was just going to my car. I, had, I, I, went to, I went to group and I'm leaving and I'm walking to my car and there's a, there's a, a big group of ladies out, out front there. And I don't, I don't know most of their names. I don't know their stories. I just know this, they're going to embrace grace. They, they, they decided to keep their babies and, and there's a support system for them. There's a small group for them. And there's ladies that give up, that are part of the church to give up their time, their money. They go pick them up. They're watching kids. They're doing it all. And if you want to help, you want to do something, there's a way to do something. Embrace grace. Yeah, on October 16th, there's a group of people from the church that are going to uh, a March for Life at, at, in Harrisburg. 
It's a state one. It's not the federal, it's state. And if you'd like to go, you're gonna go back to Connection Point. If you're online, email us at the church office. Just give them your name. Say, I, I, I need to know more information. Just give it a Connection Point. Somebody's gonna contact you so, and you can, you can go and participate. Why? Because this is something God hates. And we're not gonna let our culture, my reasoning, my feelings dictate to me. And I'm not gonna allow the fear of man to rule me either. Oh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep going on this one because I, I just really feel like as a church, we, we need this one. Are you okay? Um, our, our daughter uh, is... Uh, She's pregnant, she's due in a couple weeks, and um, it'll be our second grandchild. And she keeps, um, all along the way, she would, she would text how big the baby is. We haven't met that baby yet, but inside the womb, even at 12 weeks, there's a fingerprint. F a fingerprint. That means, that means if that baby does something, in 30, 40 years, and needs fingerprinted, they already got their fingerprint. No, think about that. I'm trying to, yeah, breathing, moving around, and, and, and we were on vacation, and the baby's kicking and moving around. And every time the baby would kick, it'd be like, oh. And it, our whole family was there, and everybody would run over and go, oh. I didn't do that, just for the record. No, but what I'm trying to communicate to you at, two, at, 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 at 10 weeks, eight weeks and 12 weeks and 16 weeks, and I'm not gonna go through it all, but I'm just trying to give us, listen, that's the awe of God. That's what I'm going back to here. I'm trying to communicate to you. If you can look at that and not see the awe of God, we gotta go back and find it. And I don't know if you know this or not, but kids are a lot of work. Somebody, they look, they come to Natalie and I, and they'll say, hey, they say, um, oh, you're empty nesters, it must be nice. That's what well, it is nice. I don't have to feed them all the time. But they're still, they're still our kids. And we still think about them just as much. We still value them. We still see them as fearfully and wonderfully made. What I'm trying to communicate to you, it, listen, we, we at Bridge City Church, we don't just value the unborn. We don't just value babies. We don't just value kids or junior, senior high. We value all people because all people were fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. We're gonna move on. The Lord hates a heart that devises wicked plans. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Don't devise up evil. Don't think up evil ways. That's pretty self-explanatory, am I right? How about this one? The Lord hates feet that make haste to run to evil. Like when you run to evil, when you say, I'm gonna hurry up. Man, I'm gonna hurry up and try to find a way. Like if I were to tell you, there was a way you could save money on your taxes. It's not really all the way above board, but it's not really that bad. How many of you would say, where's that at? 
How close to the line is it? No, we don't have feet that run to evil. We have feet that run away from evil. Yeah. How do you wrap this up? I just gave you what God hates. Are we going to intentionally, intentionally say, God, if there's any one of those seven things in my life that I'm just tolerating because I fear man more than God, God, would you remove that from me? No, God, if there's anything in my life that, that I've just tolerated, or maybe I, I'm upset with Pastor Rick right now because he said this, or Pastor John because he said something last week, or somebody in the church, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to rest because listen, Jesus, you called me to something so much better. If we're hiding something, you should be afraid of God, but when you fear God, you have nothing to hide. So here's what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to work it out. I want you to work it out. How are you gonna work it out? We have great ways for you to work out with fear and trembling. And these things are gonna be covered in just a few moments with, uh, with uh, uh, Pastor John and Chris are gonna come here in just a few moments and they're gonna give you all the details. But ladies, ladies, where's the ladies in the room that were fearfully and wonderfully made a woman in this room? Where are you at? Where's the ladies? On October 1st, in the evening, it's a Sunday from 5 to 8 p.m. My wife, Natalie, is going to be speaking. There's going to be another uh, uh, person preaching the word, Ashley. And there's going to be worship. There's going to be food. There's going to be an opportunity to grow in the fear of God. Ladies, how many of y'all need to grow in the fear of God? Okay, you need to get back to Connection Point. You need to get signed up. And then we got this victory and freedom thing. As people are saying, what's victory and freedom? We need victory and freedom from our past, from our past. We need to get free from our past so we can live victorious in our future. Are you with me? You with me? And so it's gonna be a Friday night, it's gonna be a Saturday. Why do we want you to go? Because we love you and God, God knows that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And there, there's parts of your life that God is in the midst of restoring, but I'm asking you, we want to help restore God's image in your life. So it's, it's Friday night for two hours. And I know what you're thinking, Saturday, 12 hours. Man, when you start dealing with your stuff, you're gonna say, I need 14 hours. There's other things coming up. Bob conference, but groups. I'm asking you to get to a group. I'm asking you to get to a group. This is how we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I'm trying to connect a dot. Are you, are you sensing that connector? See, as you get together with a group of friends and you read the Bible and pray and help one another take your next step, you're gonna have the fear of God on your life. How many of y'all need the fear of God in your life? How many of you are sensing you need a greater awe and sense of God in your life? If that's you, just stand to your feet right now. Just stand. I'm, all you're saying is, you're standing up just saying, I need a greater sense of the awe of God and the fear of God. That's all you're agreeing to. That's it. That's it. That's the extent. But now you're going to have to work it out. You're going to have to put your efforts accompanied by the Holy Spirit and God is going to help bring us to maturity because I'm telling you this, God is coming, Jesus is coming back for a pure and a spotless bride. 
He's coming back for us. And I'm telling you this, that's why we want you to help get cleaned up. That's why we want to prepare you. That's why we want all this so you can be protected from that. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person standing up right now. Lord God, I pray, Father, that the fear of God would once again grip your people, grip our hearts, grip our lives, Lord God, to return us to fear and trembling, Lord God. Fear and trembling at your word. Fear and trembling at what you ask us to do, Lord God. God, let Bridge City Church be a place that we love what you love and hate what you hate. Lord God. Lord God, do a work in our lives, Lord, and protect the unity. Protect us, Lord God, even from ourselves in Jesus' name. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you don't have a day, a moment, or a time, if you're watching online, you don't have a day, a moment, or time when Jesus Christ became the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, that means you repented of your sin. That's right, your sin put Jesus on the cross. Not the sins of the whole world. Your sin put him there. That you said, Jesus, I, forgive me for my sin because of the cross of Jesus. And you say, Jesus, I want you now to be in charge of my life. Lead my life. I want to know the fear of God. If you don't have a day, a moment, or time, but you would like Jesus to give you a fresh start, a second chance, you would love to be born again, as the Bible says. If that's you today and you want Jesus to be inside of your life and be the reason you exist, I just want you boldly and joyfully to slip up your hand and say, that's me today. And if you're online, let us know. Begin a relationship with God. Anybody here today just saying, Pastor, that's me. Come on, anybody here today can't move on without this one. This is the best thing I could ever offer you, better than any lunch in the whole planet. Anybody here today, Heavenly Father, Father, I pray, Lord God, I ask you right now, Lord God, for everybody online in our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, return us to your fear. Let Bridge City Church be a place that lives out the fear of God. Work us out, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Let's give God a great big hand. You could be seated. Pastor John and Chris, come up. Thanks so much for being so awesome. Amen. Let's give it up for Pastor Rick. Come on, somebody.